This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com forward slash critical to find out more. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 8th of February. In your Squiz today, devastation in Turkey and Syria, rate rises return, Joe Biden prepares his pitch, and howling at the moon. This is your Squiz today. The aftermath of several massive earthquakes in Turkey and Syria is still unfolding, Claire, with at least 5,000 deaths confirmed. But the World Health Organization has warned that the death toll is expected to rise significantly, and that means it could be in the tens of thousands. Now, rescuers are continuing to search through the rubble, and hundreds of thousands of other people have also been injured or lost their homes. It's really staggering to get across the scale of what's happened there. Uh, It's one of those occasions where pointing at a map would actually be really handy. But uh, to recap, the first 7.8 magnitude quake was one of the largest ever recorded in the region. It struck near the city of Gaziantep. Uh, It's home to millions of Turkish citizens, uh, also displaced Syrians and refugees. There was a second 7.6 magnitude quake that hit 95 kilometres north of Gaziantep uh, a few hours later. And there was also a third smaller quake recorded yesterday. Uh, At least 10 Turkish cities have been affected. And in Syria, Aleppo has seen the worst damage. Um, This area is one of the world's most active for earthquakes because it's at the junction of three tectonic plates. Uh, Also big factors in that really high death toll is that it's heavily populated and construction standards are low. The focus is very much still on rescue and recovery, but the efforts of thousands of international search and rescue specialists who've flown in to help are being hampered by many precarious buildings that could collapse at any minute, ongoing aftershocks, and because several areas remain cut off from help as roads and airports have also been wrecked. Yeah, there's certainly so many problems there. And United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres yesterday called for an international response. He noted that many families hit by the disaster uh, were already in dire need of humanitarian aid. Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan, uh, as of late yesterday, said that 45 countries have offered support. That includes Australia, with Prime Minister Anthony Albanese yesterday committing to $10 million in humanitarian aid. So support is flowing, but it seems a lot more will be needed. Yeah, absolutely. And so far, there are no reports of Aussies caught up in the disaster. But if you are concerned about someone, the Foreign Affairs Department has set up a hotline and we'll post details of that in your episode notes. We knew it was coming, but that doesn't soften the blow for mortgage holders who have to contend with higher interest rates after the RBA announced an increase of 0.25% yesterday, Claire. 
Yeah, the days of 0.1% rates feel (laughs) like a long time ago. Um, Yesterday, the Reserve Bank Board met and following that meeting, it was confirmed that the official cash rate would go from 3.1% to 3.35%. That means an extra $110 a month for those paying off a $750,000 home loan. So strap yourself in as well because RBA Governor Philip Lowe says that more rate rises are on the way because inflation is still too high. Of course, the idea is that interest rates go up, we spend less, prices come down and inflation rates fall. Yes, Lowe says the board will also look at what's happening in the global economy, household spending and employment before making the call on any future rises. US President Joe Biden will deliver his second State of the Union address early this afternoon, our time, Claire. And he has a lot more than a Chinese spy balloon hanging over him. Yeah, and if you're checking our maths on that, yes, Biden was inaugurated in 2021, but the State of the Union was deferred that year because of COVID. But looking at this year, it's expected that Biden will cover American support for Ukraine in its war with Russia, uh, also gun violence and policing issues at home. What the analysts are looking for is whether the address will be Biden's unofficial 2024 re-election pitch. And that's notable because, of course, we're heading in into that part of the US presidential cycle. Yes, but it could be a hard sell even with his own people because new polling suggests that 37% of Democrats want Biden to run for a second term and 62% of Americans think he has accomplished not very much during his presidency. And if you want to tune in live, it's on at 1pm Eastern Daylight Savings Time this afternoon. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. Claire, one of Oz's best cricketers has called time on his impressive career in international cricket, with Aaron Finch calling his 12 years in the green and gold a pretty amazing ride. So Finch was the T20 and one-day international captain. He's now 36 years old and he says that it's time to make space for new talent, particularly as the team starts planning for the big tournaments that are coming up in the next couple of years. Uh, A recent hamstring injury is probably playing on his mind too. They hurt quite a lot. Uh, But he's going out on a high. He was Australia's most successful T20 batsman uh, and he also played 254 matches for Australia uh, across the T20 one day and test formats. There is still a lot for cricket fans to look forward to though as the Aussie men start the first test match in a series in India tomorrow and the women's T20 World Cup kicks off in South Africa on Saturday. Our official Squiz mascot, Tucker, is much loved by Squizzers as well as yourself, Claire. But (laughs) as a Frenchie, he probably doesn't howl all that much. But scientists in Hungary have confirmed that certain dog species with closer genetic ties to wolves tend to howl more than they bark. 
If anyone knows Tucker, it's certainly the thing that I like the best about him. He does not make a sound. There's no <laughs> barking, there's no howling, but there are plenty of dogs who do both. What researchers were looking into is exactly how close they are uh, to the wolves. Researchers played howling wolf sounds to 68 <laughs> dogs uh, with differing amounts of DNA distance from their wild wolf ancestors. What they found is that ancient breeds like huskies, also Malamutes and Pekingese, they howl to communicate. Modern breeds though, like Great Danes, Labradors, Beagles, even those mini poodles, they like to bark in order to have a conversation. Yeah, the theory is that selective breeding over the years has changed dogs' communication patterns. So if your dog's barking is driving you nuts, we only have ourselves to blame. (laughs) This is why I have cats, Claire. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) A Sydney restaurant has stirred the pot, Claire, by offering diners a special $10 appetiser, which many on the internet have dubbed Peak Sydney. Now, cynics would say that it's a couple of jats with some butter and some tin fish, (laughs) Uh, but foodies seem to be really a bit more into what it is, which is the iconic cracker with a very fancy anchovy and smoked butter topping. Uh, I love a jats. I just don't know if I have 10 bucks for two bites. Yes, I'm with you there, I think. But if you'd like to try it for yourself, you can make it at home for less. So I'll post a link to the recipe in your episode notes. Claire, I think it's a good time to remind listeners that you and Kate have been putting out the Saturday Squiz podcast for a few months now. I'd describe it as a much more lean back weekend newspaper kind of vibe. Look, I'm glad it's landed in that space for you. That's certainly what we're going for. Um, It is a conversational look at the week in news and what's coming up. Kate and I really enjoy doing it. Uh, We'd like some feedback, though, just to make sure that it is landing with Squiz listeners as we hope it is. So we've got a survey. It literally takes two minutes. Uh, If you could please fill it out, we'd be really, really grateful. Yes, I'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. And if you've got no idea what we're talking about, make sure you do check out Saturday Squiz. It drops early Saturday mornings in this show feed with news, recommendations and, frankly, just more Claire, which is what the people want. (laughs) Poor people. That's all I can say if that's what you want. They love it. (laughs) That's it from us today. Have a great day and we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.